0: Hello, my beautiful friend. I am so honored to bring an amazing guest to you today. Lissa Figgins, who is a longtime military spouse of 27 years, a mom of three, two of her boys who are now serving on active duty themselves. She's a leader in her community and a Christian time management coach. I cannot wait to bring this conversation to you because we had such an open, honest, and, and vulnerable discussion about navigating so many of the challenges that come with marriage, with motherhood, military life, mental health and how we can live out our faith within our homes and beyond as busy Christian women. Alyssa shares so many of these beautiful practical tips for how we can really be more intentional with our time and our priorities to make the most of the time and the gifts that God has given us to steward, and how we can do it all even more joyfully with Christ at the center. So whether or not you're in the military or a military spouse, this conversation is going to resonate so deeply with you because we really discuss so many of the challenges that we face in marriage and in motherhood. And just as busy christian women who have huge hearts to serve and want to live our lives for the lord so without further ado we're going to go ahead and dive right in
1: hey sister welcome to arm to the heart do you want to make an impact as a military mom and be the best mom and leader you can be at the same time are you finding yourself stressed and weighed down by guilt with how much your time your work steals from your family and often worry that they're getting the leftovers of you do you feel alone carrying the heavy load of pregnancy postpartum of motherhood and uniform with so many expectations of performing your job stay physically fit and such little support. Hey, I'm Megan, and in my early years as an active duty mom in the army, I was so burnt out. I was just wishing for more time with my baby, the freedom to actually put my family and faith first while still giving my best to the team. And I was giving all I had, but it just never felt like enough. Trying to bounce back quickly, feeling all those pressures, prove myself in a male dominated unit, trying to manage the home the best of my ability and keep our marriage strong through so much long distance and dual military life. I just felt like I was falling short in all of it, but especially failing my family. I felt exhausted. I felt trapped in the army. Like I was losing myself in what mattered most along the way and just doubting whether all of those sacrifices were worth it. I finally cried out to God to direct my path, and he started showing me that there's a different way to find more balance and more purpose. So in this podcast, you're going to find time management strategies, holistic health and fitness tips, and mindset transformations so you can find that balance that you long for, to be who you're called to be for both your family and your work without having to compromise what's most important. So lace up those boots and put on the armor of God. Let's run this race up before us as sisters in arms, as sisters in Christ.
0: Hello everyone, so I am so excited today to bring on a special guest for you, Lissa Figgins. She's very passionate about so many of the things that I'm also passionate about. So we connect on so many levels between mental health, time management, between our faith and just how we really live out God's call for us through all the different seasons of life as really busy Christian women. So thank you for being here, Lisa. I would just love for you to introduce yourself.
2: Yes. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity. And I want to say thank you to everyone listening for your service whether you're the active duty member or you're like me that you're the the supporter and a spouse of one, this really is such a key role and um, you know a way that you're you're playing your part to help out. So I love that. Like you said, I've been uh, a military spouse for 27 years. Although the funny part of the story is I did not know that's what I was saying yes to. (laughs) So (laughs) Ben was in the guard when we first were dating and he was almost done with his initial enlistment and he didn't have plans at the time to get back in. So he finished that, um, that commitment he did his, you know, inactive ready reserve time. And then nine 11 happened and he could not sit by and not do things. We had just had our third child, Um, so she was just a couple months old and he looked at me and it wasn't even like a question. It was more like a statement. Like I have to go, I have to go back. I have to do something. I can't sit here. And I was just like, okay, Lord, I don't know what this is going to mean. I'm not prepared for this. I don't know anyone else, you know, in my world who's doing this, we'll just do it. And within a couple of months he was gone and, um, you know, and that was definitely a hard thing. Um, And we just like jumped right into it. And because he was with the National Guard at the time, we didn't have a military base right near us. I didn't have other military spouses. I really was like all by myself trying to figure it out. There weren't amazing podcasts like yours, you know, that had someone <laughs> to be here who was walking yeah. this journey with me and helping me have perspective and, and knowing what to do. And so I really just. I tried to figure it out. I made a lot of mistakes. I, you know, just tried to do my best. And, you know, now he's retired, um, which which is, um, you know, just a whole nother thing, right? Of how you transition from having that mission and that, uh, and that purpose and all of that into, you know, the quote unquote civilian everyday world. Uh, and he kind of lives vicariously through our two boys now who are serving active duty. And, you know, I could see them staying in career. And so one of them is getting married you know, she knows what she's saying yes to. And so she and I have a lot of conversations, right. Of just that perspective, looking back, um, and things that, you know, I can speak into that, you know, so just to help prepare her before she goes, um, down that road. So yeah, that's been a little bit of our journey for sure. Wow.
0: Yeah. Thank you for sharing all of that. And I, I so resonate with so many of the things and even Even when we kind of do know what we're signing up for, we we really don't know the full extent of what that's gonna mean, you know, and and where God might call us to sacrifice, you know, even as a family or in our marriage and all those things. And you know, I, I feel like I talk about it a lot on this podcast, but how much time Tim and I have spent apart. And, you know, that also means our kids haven't grown up knowing Tim as much as I've been with them. And, you know, I was even I was sharing this with somebody yesterday, but looking back at both of the early postpartum experiences for our kids, Tim had the first month or so with both of our babies and then the next like five months apart for both of them. And I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm kind of hopeful that someday, you know, if God blesses us with more kids here, hopefully in the near future, cross fingers um, that we'll be able to spend the first six months of their life together, you know, and that Tim will be able to be around in that time. And so yeah, it's so it's challenging. So even with you know, what to expect, you still have to live through it and and like you said, like kind of fail through it too and to grow and learn through it and struggle through it too. And so yeah, it just resonates so much with everything that you shared.
2: I felt like I had to really learn like resiliency, right? Because I did fall down a lot and there were a lot of unknowns. Um and there wasn't as much information coming out, let's be honest, you know, 20 plus years ago yeah. when he was. was in there than there is now. And it was always this balance of independence versus like, I I had to be okay without him, but I also needed to need him. Right. And, and because I'm a doer, it was very easy for me to be like, okay, I just got to put on my big girl panties. And this is how this is going to be for the next, however many months that he's away. And so I just have to not feel bad for myself and make it happen. And yet at the same time, I needed to like, let him know, like, I still need you, right. Even though I'm doing this all, you know, solo on this end so that you can do what you're doing. So it was always this delicate, you know, kind of dance and and checking in with that for sure.
0: Yeah, that is such a great point. I just think about, yeah, even Tim and I's experience and ours has not even been a deployment where either, either of us are in a combat zone, but still so much time apart, two and a half out of the five years of our marriage over two and a half years out of the five years of our marriage. And so with that, it, it is that tension where we try to find a healthy balance between needing each other. And then also, like you said, having that ability to continue forward without the other person, without being able to lean on them day in, day out in a very physical capacity. And so, you know, especially with, or when we're, you know, in the throes of motherhood and we've got kids who really need us and homes that have to be kept up and work life that has to go on and a lot of those demands. And we're really... We are keeping things afloat (laughs) back home. It it is challenging. And, you know, definitely the last six months was I was I was doing that with my kids Um, while Tim was away and it's challenging. And right now he's there while I'm away for these two months. And so you know we're getting an appreciation of of each other's perspectives too because i on this end kind of feel a little bit more helpless right like i can only do so much from afar to support the family i'm just trying to cheer him on and so it's that we need each other and we need to open up to one another about the struggles and then empathize with each other in the struggles of both sides because neither is easy you know one one you may have more of of the load that you might be carrying on your shoulders but then the other person on the other side of it is carrying a whole another mental load And, you know, you, you and I have talked a little bit about mental health too. And I think what we've seen in our, even in our marriage is those struggles of being apart and feeling, I know Tim for a while, especially early on when I had my baby and I was going to my basic officer course all by myself without him, he, it actually kind of in, in many ways led him to really struggle in his own mental health. Because in in so many ways, he felt very alone in that he couldn't help us as much as he wanted to. And he knew that I needed, you know, and so it is very challenging. And I think mental health is one of those things that has so many stigmas around it when we're in the military, when it's that constant, you know, strength is always at the forefront. And. Whether, whether you're a man or whether you're a woman, I think there's always that pressure to be strong and to hold it all together and to, you know, not show emotion and all of these things. And so yet we, there is a healthy way to process our emotions and we just are not taught that we're conditioned to kind of run away from it or hide from it or just push it all down and to keep pushing through. And so, yeah, I would love for just to hear a little bit more about your journey with that between you personally, your husband supporting each other in that over time and how that kind of evolved.
2: Yeah. Well, it's interesting. As I'm listening to you talk, it's so hard being apart and yet I don't think that I was prepared for what things were going to be like when we got, when we were back together, right? Kind of assuming, Oh, we're just going to go right back to the way that things have always been. And yet so many things had happened over that time and there were great ways that we grew but there were a lot of hard things that happened, and especially on my husband's end, where he had seen things, and so, you know, I wasn't, yeah, I, I wasn't, I would, I didn't realize that it was going to be still just as much of a struggle, even when he was in our home, as it was when he was away in a different way. And I remember back in our earlier years of marriage, I had gone to a Bible study at. We were living near a base, and so I was connecting. I was like soaking up being around other military wives, right? Like, oh my goodness, people that you know understand this, and there was a Bible study going on called when war Came, comes home. And I remember like being wow. a part of it because I wanted this, you know, just, I just wanted to be around other women and things like that. But I, you know, it's really a Bible study around Christ centered healing for wives of combat uh, veterans. And I remember sitting there going, yeah, this isn't for me. You know, like he says, nothing affects him. Like we're good. You know, all of that. Maybe, maybe this will be for someone someday. And and I did share it with some friends who, whose, um, you know, spouses were struggling with different things. And so of course they were struggling. And then, you know, not too many years after that, I started noticing some red flags and some things that were happening that, you know, that all of a sudden I was, I realized, oh my goodness, maybe I'm the person who needed this. Um, You know, and so I started just, you know, like when you've been like in that really intense mission and you've been a part of this team and all of that, you know, and you come, you come home. And again, I'm only able to speak from like the observer side of things, but just kind of hard to like fit back into what feels like just ordinary, regular ho-hum life. And so I felt like a lot of times he wasn't present, um, very much on edge, quick to react, you know, like would, you know, kind of get triggered, you know, at little things, sometimes it was sounds, but a lot of times it was just a lot of people around or people that, you know we're infringing on freedoms and things like that and you know it led to nightmares and you know and then eventually over time i felt like i had become the enemy like i felt like i was the one who was taken on a lot of blame and and there were just a lot of like hard things that were happening um and so and, and i didn't have the words to put around it you know because like yeah. you said i mean now i feel like we talk about ptsd and you know, a lot of other related mental health issues, especially in the military, it's it's being talked about more. And yes, they went through their little, you know, whatever those courses they would do when they reintegrate and check the box, but it really wasn't. Yeah. Like you almost didn't say I have any challenges because it was going to put this like mark on you and really impact your career. And so that wasn't really like language we were talking about. And so at, at first I didn't recognize it as that's what it was. I just thought, wow, like my husband's totally changed and I don't like this and this is really hard. And, you know, so I, I'm sure I made a lot of mistakes because I wasn't recognizing that what was happening was because of what was going on inside of his brain. Um, and so it's not that there, you know, there's no excuse. It's not that, you know, you're without excuse for those things, but just to understand that. Right. And, So like, how do I respond in the situation? And really like, who am I? Because for so long I had been that home front, right? And so I had, I had been just making sure everything, you know, kept going without him and all of that. And so I really kind of lost, like, who did God create me to be and what gifts and things did he put in me and what, you know, what could I do with that? Um, You know, and in our relationship, a lot of things I was just managing, I was just trying to keep things as, as, as you know, smooth on the surface as possible and sweep everything else under the rug. Uh, And that Mm -hmm. was really, you know, a hard season for both of us um, because we were trying to do it on our own and didn't really recognize what the issue was until we reached out until we finally got some professional help, got some support, got some resources. And I started leaning into, and I mean, I'm still struggling with this up till the very day. So it's not like I have this all figured out, but like, how do I be a compassionate companion? How do I understand have an understanding uh, to whatever level that I can about having experienced it myself, such that I can see the PTSD, right, and that being what's sometimes reacting and not just see it as something that you know is is directly at me. And so it's, it's definitely, yeah. A, yeah, just trying to be understanding and communicate and and know how to set those healthy boundaries and how to have empathy and yet, you know, to make sure that we're moving in a healthy direction it's, yeah, it's definitely a, an ongoing journey for sure.
0: Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for just opening up so vulnerably with us about all of that. And just, yeah, seeing, seeing you witnessing you guys in all of those struggles. And I I do think that it is one of those battles that so many veterans have been fighting, you know, for so many years yet we're, we're now starting to right kind of change things for the better in the sense that we're having more conversations about it. We're trying to push more resources out there to support service members and veterans and families through all of this. So one thing that I heard that I thought was really powerful was at the end, you kind of left with a note about how do we grow stronger through this and how do we be compassionate with each other, right? Through um, those pieces. And so I think what are, what is like the biggest lesson learned that you would say from Just about whatever, whether it's this challenge or any challenges in marriage, I think there are so many challenges that come uniquely with military life and whether it's a mental health related challenge or whether it's time spent apart or just the the craziness of all the changes that are so constant in military life. What would you say is kind of the biggest glue that has helped strengthen your marriage through it all and to help keep you kind of on the same team? Because what I see oftentimes as we, as what's one of the challenges, right. In marriage is we need to fight not against each other, but against whatever the problem is together on the same team. So that for me has been one, but I would love to hear your perspective and everything that you guys have gone through.
2: Yeah, no, that's fantastic. I think it's really just taking the time to really understand maybe how they're seeing it, what they're from their perspective, right. It could be because of what they've experienced in the military. It could be just things from growing up and what was modeled to them or what kind of home environment, you know, they had earlier on, you know, and I often think back and like, if my husband had come home from war and he was missing a limb, right. I wouldn't be upset with him if he had a hard time tying his shoe, you know, or if he had a hard time, you know, like doing something that it, it would be obvious mm-hmm. that, yeah. oh yeah, that makes sense. You're missing an arm or you're missing a leg, or you know, like you have the these seen injuries. And so what I think makes mental health really challenging is they're the unseen wounds, right? The unseen injuries that even though I should know, right, even though I should like not just jump to like I want to be right and I'm gonna, you know, defend myself or whatever if I'm feeling like I'm becoming an enemy, but like stopping and pausing to say, like, wait, how is he seeing this right now? What why might this be triggering him? Why might this be an issue for him? Why might he be responding this way? So, like taking that time to understand the other person, um, you know, and that can come from just me doing it in myself, um, uh, but it can also come from me asking questions. Hey, I've noticed, I noticed that, you know, you really reacted strongly about you know, the situation, what was going on in your head? You know, like what, what was it about that, that really kind of triggered something in you and, you know, but, and, but there are enough things over time, right. You know, this person well, that you consent and pick up on some of those things. And so having that in mind before I respond so that my response is appropriate for, you know, the situation and being able to see like, this is the PTSD that's coming out. This is not just my husband. Um, And so I think just taking that time to understand each other, right. Even if you're not dealing with mental health challenges, that's really key.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And understanding too, that each of us is carrying different loads and a lot of the load we're carrying is going on inside of us in some way, shape or form. And I think that, that really resonates with me a lot as a mother. I think in motherhood, we carry a lot of invisible loads. As wives, we carry a lot of invisible loads. And a lot of it is, is pressures that we kind of place on ourselves or we feel like are placed on us, these expectations and things that we're carrying. and 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 really, I think a lot of it too is we oftentimes are, in many ways, the glue that's holding our whole family together. And so like you talked about, you know, when your husband was away, but then also as he's coming home and reintegrating into the family, and all those things too, it's, it is, you are that glue. And so I, I definitely feel like there's so much of an invisible load of motherhood as well. And so it's nowhere near the extent of mental health struggles such as PTSD, but in many ways, either way in marriage, we have to speak about that. We have to have those conversations in an open and honest way in a vulnerable way. And we have to be willing to open up to each other about it because that's where with that level of emotional intimacy comes, it's a beautiful gift we give each other, right, right? Like when we trust our spouse to receive us, like all of us, the messiness, the brokenness, the the wounds, right? the The traumas maybe that we have experienced that are shaping the way that we might feel triggered about something or we might get frustrated with something or whatever it is it is just a beautiful invitation. I feel like to grow closer together and to support each other in that. And sometimes it means one person being stronger in the moment and then carrying a little bit more or helping carry the other person when they're weak. Right. And that's what we do for each other in, in marriage. And it's beautiful. So thank you for sharing all of that and your story.
2: I think there's such a need to know, like, it's okay to reach out and ask for help. Yes, you know, yes. so often, uh, and it's becoming more, you know, acceptable if you want to say, uh, for people to, to get resources, right. And things like that, that are going to help them. But for so long, it was like, I can figure this out myself, right? Like I can do hard things. I, you know, or it was this fear of what are others going to think of me if I'm, you know, if I'm getting resources or help or, you know, things like that. And so, you know, sometimes just knowing like yeah. I can't always figure it out on my own. And even my husband and I together can't always figure it out on our own because all we can see is, you know, kind of from our perspective and what we're experiencing. And sometimes we just need that outside perspective of somebody else that can help come in and, uh, you know, help support us through some hard times and give us some tools and help us get, you know, things kind of, you know, uh, some under- that understanding back and get things back, you know, kind of in a health, in a, that healthier place that so we can continue on.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's no shame in reaching out for help in any way, shape or form. And I've really had to debunk a lot of those narratives in my mind about, oh, like it means that I'm a failure or I'm failing in some way, or, you know, I just can't get it together. or I'm not good enough if I need help. No, it's so far from the truth. Well, you know, God has made us to rely on each other in community and it's humbling, but I think it's really good and healthy. And it actually is very freeing when we learn to ask for help. I've, I've noticed that in myself, um, that it is, it's just, it's freeing. I think that's like probably the best way I could put it, you know, cause it's, it's a sort of invisible prison when we feel like we have to carry everything on our own. Right. You're yeah. nodding. Like, yeah. I know you, I know you understand. Yeah, man. Yeah. It just takes that
2: load off your shoulders and being like, I have to bear all of this myself. Right. And figure mm-hmm. this out.
0: Exactly, yeah. so another thing that you said, Lisa, that I would love to ask you more about is you had talked about, you know, some of the identity struggles and those questions you started asking yourself about, okay, who God who has God created me to be? And you know, how did you work through those? What kind of shifted things for you? and where did you, because I know we've talked about a little bit offline, um some of feeling a little bit kind of helpless or or stifled or, you know, like, you know, there's so much almost imposed on us in military life. We, we kind of are, it's easy to feel like a victim to all of it, a victim to our circumstances, a victim to our time, not quite being our own and in all of those kinds of things. And so I would love for you to speak any of that, that kind of resonates with you or the identity, um, questions that you were bringing up
2: earlier. Yeah. Well, I think whether it's because we're in the military or we're just regular humans, um, especially as women, we have this tendency to like, where sacrifice and service is a badge of honor. Right. And there is honor in serving. Right. But sometimes it's like, we, we can take that to an extreme. And oftentimes we can find our value and our worth in, you know, the always having to be doing and doing for others and things like that. And so I know for me, you know, I was, I was very much in that mode. It was, it was always, you know, just like I said, holding things together, keeping things moving forward, you know, making sure everybody was taken care of. And I just, for me, it was actually a milestone birthday. Um, It was the year I turned 40 and I just remember looking in the mirror and just starting to ask questions like, who am I and how did I get here and where am I going? And what, what is this next chapter going to look like? You know, just, you have those milestones. It could be, you know, something related to your kids or to your career or to yourself or your marriage. And you just pause and you start leaning in. And I think for a long time, I wasn't taking the time To stop and ask those questions, I was just keeping myself busy. And sometimes, to be perfectly honest, it was because it was easier to stay busy than to get quiet and then feel some of the things that I was feeling and to recognize that. Oh yeah, I feel that too. That so right? Like sometimes easier to be like la la la. Right, I'm just going to keep going. So, you know, that first one is like, I wasn't asking the questions. And so it is, it's uncomfortable to ask questions like that if you haven't asked those questions before. Right. And then the next thing you run into is like, I don't even know what I, who I am anymore, you know, and what, what do I like? I mean, with three kids and a husband who was always in and out, like when was the last time somebody asked me what I wanted or what I liked, you know, and it was just kind of that, like, I don't even know. What would I even say? Like, what, what do I feel like I'm good at? Or God's good to me in, or God's calling me to do like, I don't even know. Right. So then I get, you get past that stage of like, okay, I finally asked the question. Okay. Now I'm sitting with the answer and I'm okay with it. Not just coming out like that, you know, and like letting it percolate, you know, sometimes that takes some time and that's okay. Um, and then that next one is just like going, well, how do I even take the next step, you know, like, I don't even know where to start, you know? Oh my gosh, how could I even find the time? How could I find the money? How could I find the resources? Like, I just, we just see where we are and we see our limits and, you know, and it's like, we just can't envision anything outside of the box that we've been, you know, living in for so long. And so, and it's scary that first step kind of stepping out into something, you know, like really, testing some waters or just leaning into what we feel God calling us to is scary. And I remember like God really clearly like tapping me on the shoulder and saying, you're hiding in the corner. You're taking the gifts that I've given you. And yeah, you're taking care of your family, but you're basically just shoving these things under the carpet. Um, mm. And I want you to pour out into others as well as your family, but into others, specifically into women, right? And so, yeah, kind of like, okay, what does that look like? And then I think the last thing that really comes up is just how do I keep consistent with this? Because we all know how we start with great intentions, right? I mean, think about like New Year's resolutions as a prime example. <laughs> how many yes, years, yes. right? Like, this is the year I'm going to this, right? And statistically, I think it's like January 17th that like 76% of people already fell away from their New Year's resolutions. You know, and then the the, the next, you know, New Year's rolls around and we're like, and this is the year. And then eventually you stop making those and saying those because you just don't trust yourself because you haven't been consistent to actually follow through and actually do the things that, you know, that you say matter and that you want to do. And so I just started, you know, number one, pausing and asking the question two, sitting and waiting and being okay with not knowing the answer. And then just watching to see where God was stirring. And then kind of cautiously taking those first steps and then learning like, okay, so yeah, my life is already busy. So I'm going to have to be really intentional if I want to be consistently working towards, you know, what it is that he's put on my heart and how do I then create some rhythms and routines and, you know some practices so that, you know, I can, you know, keep moving in that direction. It it doesn't always look, look the way that I plan, right? Like, let's be honest. We make great plans. And then God has a way of saying, yeah, about that. Let me just show you a different way (laughs) because it's always better. I mean, let's, you know, at, in the end, I always see it, but it's just like, yeah, learning how to trust and keep walking in that and not letting life be the excuse of, oh gosh, there's just not enough time. Or, you know, I'm busy as a mom or whatever else we like to make our excuses.
0: Oh, so good, so good. I just feel like that is so much of my story, and I think Mm. when I was going through the the hardest, darkest parts of my motherhood, when I felt like I was really in a valley in the beginning of motherhood, just trying to survive and struggling in my own mental health, and really feeling very, very isolated and even trapped in the army because I still had years of service commitment. But I was like, I feel like I can't be the mom I want to be for my family. I can't be the wife I want to be. My home was just such a mess. I felt like such a mess. I felt like I was failing in like the things that were most important to me. And I felt like in so many ways, I wasn't going to be able to prioritize what mattered most unless I left the military. And then God Mm -hmm. started showing me, it doesn't have to be like that, Megan. And Mm -hmm. I have you there for a reason. And you don't have to be a victim to all of the circumstances. And yes, you're really busy. Yes, you've got a million things on your plate. But at the same time, he had a call for me. And it mm. was when I started asking those questions and I started to kind of wonder, okay, well, I, I don't feel that spark anymore. I felt like I had lost my identity in motherhood. I had lost who I was. I lost so much of me in motherhood because I was just drowning. I think so many of us are when we're just in survival mode in those hard seasons of life. And so like like you said, it's kind of that slowing down. I started to pray more. Like I simply started mm. to realize like, okay, God, I really need you. And I am really, really needing you right now, you know, and then it was, okay, I feel like in some ways, like you have helped me walk through this for a reason, like, what could that be? And how could you maybe want me to use this story to help other moms who are going through the same thing? So they don't have to feel as alone as I felt through it. And that was when he started to guide me into learning what I learned to become a coach ultimately to start with the, started with pregnancy and postpartum fitness I started to share and started to coach women on the side for that and just started to do some advocacy work to bridge the gaps that I saw within the military for mothers who serve who are going through pregnancy and postpartum. And then it was evolved into the advocacy work. That again, was born from so many of my struggles and so many of the struggles of the moms that I saw to my left and right, who were going through the same things, many of the same things. It was discrimination, pregnancy discrimination. It was, you know, not being able to, you know, continue forward in certain things in your career because of motherhood or feeling like you just always had to choose between. And there are just so many instances where it was just simple policy changes, like common sense policy changes that would make all the difference in the world. And so that's what we started advocating for. And for me, all of those things just gave me that sense of purpose, but it was, it was starting to become more in tune as, okay, God has given us each, like you said, unique gifts and talents and stories and expertise areas, all these things, like these passions he's given us are for a reason. And it's, we can kind of close in and maybe bury our talents in the sand, or we can give them to God and be like everything that you've given me is yours. Like, how do you want me to use it? And how can I just give it back to you and offer it, you know, to the people around me? And so for you who are listening, like he wants to use you and your gifts and your talents and even your story and all the struggles and pains that you've gone through for good, for some way, shape or form. And so just continuing to be attuned to, to where he's leading you. And honestly, it, it is not, We don't figure it all at once. And it's a constant discernment. And it might look like a tiny little breadcrumb. And then you follow one breadcrumb at a time. Like that's what it was for me. That's what it was for Lissa, As you just said, you know, one, one day, one step at a time. And sometimes it takes the courage to take that first step. Sometimes it takes a big leap of faith to take the first step. You know, it just kind of depends, but we also don't have to do it alone. You know, and when we, lean on others around us that God has placed in our life or cross paths with, like it can make all the difference in the world. And so for me, mentorship has been huge, like really leaning on the mentors and the coaches that I've looked, looked up to, like I needed role models. If I was going to do any of this, I needed role models, you know? And so everything from, okay, how do I, how can I be the mom I want to be while also serving, you know, a role model there? How can I start getting involved in some of this advocacy work. I needed role models there. How can I be a small business owner while also being in the military, while also having little kids, you know, and do it all with God at the center. I needed role models there. How do I get out of survival mode as a mom? How do I manage my home? How do I, you know what I mean? How do I manage my mind? Like all these things, time management, like we need role models and mentors. And I think that is just a key. And so I just love that you you were kind of wrestling with all those things too in, in those seasons. And I would love to hear where, where do you feel like God led you with how to use your time? And how do you think yeah. about that? And how do you think about even just like that tendency we have to just keep running into the busyness? Like, how do we even yeah. slow down enough to start to look at how we're using our time? And then how do we reduce maybe some of the distractions or how do we start to be more disciplined and more intentional to really allow us to focus on what matters most in whatever season it is that we're in.
2: Hmm. Well, I like to say, it's not about what's going on around us. It's about what's going on inside of us, right? Like we want to say, oh, if I just had a more organized to-do list, if I had a more organized calendar, like oh, that, yes. that's my problems, right? And And yet it's really not a disorganized calendar or a disorganized to-do list. It's a, it's a disorganized heart. And so that's always where it starts is getting those right priorities, putting, I I love like you see these, these wheels of life, right. That have these different areas of your life. Well, when I created mine for my coaching with redeem her time, I put faith in the middle. I'm like, I don't want faith to just be one wedge of the pie for me. Faith is what everything else is built on. And it's such a beautiful way to do that. Right. And then with when you look at that and faith is in the middle, now it gives greater purpose to what I'm doing to serve my family, to how I'm building friendships, to the service that I have, to my stewardship, to my wellness, to my passions, right? Those aren't just selfish anymore when they are connected to what God has put inside me, to even exactly. the way I care for my home. You know, and it gives that bigger purpose, and you know, and I, I really think a lot about like, am I building my kingdom or am I building His kingdom? Because let's be honest, you know, only one of them is going to last, right? Yep. <laughs> um, <and it's> not <laughs> yours, <laughs> so just, we'll just tell you that ahead of time, right? You know, so yes, there are like physical, material things that we need to do, just you know, living life here in this world. But when we attach that eternal purpose to it, I think that helps, especially in the hard seasons, right? To see. Like there is eternal purpose in this God has a bigger purpose and you know what we're experiencing, whether it's just going to be for the next couple months or years, or maybe even for our lifetime, either way, it's still just a season, right? It's still just a, like just a, a snap of a finger when it compares to the timeline of eternity, you know, and so it gives us that right perspective and you know, it's always interesting. I love how you talked about mentors because I love looking to people who are a little further down the road than I am and saying they have the same 24 hours in the day. They have the same 1,440 minutes in their day too. How can I learn from them and how they're being intentional with how they're using it? And one of the things that I really teach is you have to fill up before you can pour out. You know, cause I feel like, especially as women, especially as moms, especially as wives, especially as Christians, when, you know, we're supposed to be serving and giving and doing, and yes, but you can't pour when your cup is empty, you know, you have to be filled up. And so that starts with your relationship, you know, with the Lord and making sure that you're filling up with him. So that then now is what's overflowing. And that's what allows us to pour out into our family, into our work, into, these other passions, you know, and maybe a business or service in our community or a church, like those other things that, you know, God has given us, you know, and it's interesting. Like, sometimes I think we think I can't take time to like slow down and fill up. Like I got too many things to do and yet yep, actually <laughs> waste more time, right. Trying to push through, like, you know, even a simple thing, like a little power nap, right. Like if I, I can feel when I'm just like hitting the wall, And it is better use of my time to like set a timer on my phone, grab my blanket and go lay down for 15 minutes than it is to try to be like, I'm just going to push through this and grab some caffeine and make this work. You know, you can't always get to that point. Like I get it, but maybe it's a walk outside. Maybe it's just a really deep breath. Maybe it's just like, I'm just going to pray for a one minute. I think we think if I just, you know, muster up more, you know, strength and whatever I can make this happen and we have to be refilled. In order to pour out and so i think that is really really key you know in how we're moving forward and uh, you know remember we're not alone The whole bible i love like as i'm reading through it this year i'm looking for where god is inviting us to do life with him right and like yeah. from the beginning of time he's like i am with you right and it's this divine invitation like will you be with me and so when we have that mentality in every area of our life, whatever we're doing, even if it's just folding laundry, right. Or cooking dinner or washing dishes that seems like what's the point in this, right. I'm going to do this again tomorrow. It it brings that meaning, that bigger purpose to it. Um, when we're doing it with God, you know, and we know that we're leading towards what he's the calling that he's put on us. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. We don't have time to waste on the things that don't matter then. Right. You know, exactly. Like, and yet we do. Right. And we have this extra appendage, you know, this, this device that follows us around everywhere we go. And our it's phones, our
0: connection. phones. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. You know,
2: everybody can't see, but she's holding up
0: the phone over here. Yeah. Ah,
2: I just did a whole, a whole series on my podcast about redeeming her phone time. And it's not like we should throw it out the window or flush it down the toilet. Like it's this evil thing, but it's just, when I pick this up, what's my purpose? What's my goal? How is this either helping me, you know, live out the two greatest commandments to love God or to love others? Like and if it's not, how can I kind of turn it into that or put some healthy boundaries around how much time I'm giving to the things that are on there um, so that I can be fully present with who and what is right around me. Cause then we miss out if we're always yes. looking down.
0: Absolutely. Well, I'd love to hear what is your like biggest tip as far as phone usage and how we can, how we can look at that and actually redeem our time or get a whole bunch more time back. Maybe that God really wants to give us that we're, we're actually just pushing away.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, there's no right or wrong, right? We're all in a different place. And so it's not a, you know, thou shalt do this or don't do this or whatever, but really like making sure that you're spending time with the Lord first, before you start going into this, because where you folk, where your attention is going, that's who you're becoming. Right. And so often this is what, Gets in our face first thing in the morning, and then it starts driving our day. And our day becomes either about putting out fires or fulfilling other people's expectations or somebody else's priority. And I like to say, like, I don't look at my phone, right? Like, until after I've had all of, you know, God's filled me and I have that vision for what the day looks like. And then as I use this, it's a tool. Like, how can I, if I am scrolling, you know, which I don't hardly do a, you know, very much at all, but like, oh, wow, here's an opportunity to pray for this person. Oh my goodness. I'm going to shoot this person a message. I didn't know that they were going through this or this was happening or wow, they just had a baby or, you know, like then using it as a tool to say, how can I love God and love others, you know, with this? So yeah, I would definitely say, get your God time in first uh, because otherwise it's going to be, you know, you're, you're letting this thing dictate where your heart's going.
0: Yes. And I really just want to emphasize that again, I have, worked really intentionally in this last like year or two, but primarily this year to actually make that my very, very first thing I do in the day before I do any work, it could be like housework or, you know, some work for maybe it's for my, my ministry, this business, or it could be sending a text to somebody or work for the army or even an exercise session. Like the very first thing that I do, I am making sure that it is time with the Lord. And maybe sometimes it's like five minutes and that's all I've got. But he knows that I'm giving him my first fruits, you know, Mm -hmm. because otherwise it's like, what am I saying is more important than the Lord? And maybe we're, you know, the first thing that's waking us up in the morning is our little baby and that's totally fine. But can we still turn whatever that is? Maybe it's nursing them or maybe it's changing that dirty diaper or rocking, trying to rock them back to sleep, you know, while they're crying. Can we just offer that up as a form of prayer? You know, so we're still turning our heart to the Lord first thing in the morning. And then as soon as we can, having a few, even just a few moments of quiet time with Him and letting him fill us in that way. It doesn't have to look one certain way. I think I had to debunk a lot of these myths in my, my own mind too. these narratives of like, what is good enough with my prayer time? Because, you know, single me before I had kids, like my prayer time would be, you know, this a little bit more elaborate. Okay. Gotta have this nice cup of coffee or tea. I got my prayer journal. I got my Bible. I have this like long period of time, maybe like 30 minutes or more, at least that I can sit down and spend with the Lord, you know, maybe I have a nice candle. And it's like, that is not what the messiness of mom life looks like for those of us with little it's just not and so what are we kind of putting as a, a almost unrealistic criteria for us to come spend time with the lord like he literally just wants our hearts and he wants us to give everything we have to him and he wants to meet us exactly where we're at in the busyness in the messiness of life you know and in the imperfections of all of it and so just to like encourage wants- you yeah, you know, lower all those barriers for yourself you know
2: and he wants to be in the everyday moments, like not just that, that perfect time on the couch. Right. I, I feel like for so yes. long, that was, it was like my, my quiet time. It was my little sacred thing. And then I would like leave him on the couch and I would go off about my day, you know? And he's like, yeah, I don't want your sacrifice. like I want a relationship and I want your, you know, your obedience and what I'm leading you towards. And so like, how can I really live this with God life where he is a part, he is the purpose. He is you know, where everything's coming from, because if I'm not abiding in him, like apart from him, I can do nothing, you know? And so just uh, not like, okay, I'm going off on my own. Okay. I got what I need from you. And now, you know, I'm moving on to the next thing on my list, but just now this is uh, like coming together and just being able to offer, like, sometimes it's just a couple sentences of prayer in between things, right? Like it doesn't have to always, like you said, look like this, you know, grandiose, you know, beautiful, um, totally silent time that, you know, nothing else is coming in. Sometimes it's just the breath prayers that are the most, yes. um, you know, impactful for sure. Yeah.
1: yeah. And it really
2: just comes to intention, you know, like the verse that really is the key for me and for, for my ministry through redeem her time is Ephesians 5, 15 through 16. It says, look carefully how you live. There's intention in that, not as unwise, but as wise, you know, so we can see, okay, we have some choices. There's some wise things we could choose. There's some unwise things we could choose, right? Um, Redeeming the time, which also is translated making the best use of it um, because the days are evil, right? And some translations say, because these are difficult days, you know, and just saying, yes, okay, I have been redeemed. Therefore, how do I redeem my time, right? Because the way that I spend my time as a believer should look different from the way that the rest of the world spends it. Yeah.
1: Um, Thank and that you. Doesn't yes. Mean
2: that yes. Yeah. Do things that you know other people do and stuff too. Right. Yes, we do. That's part of living in this world. But there's a there's a deeper meaning behind it and an intention and mission and purpose behind it, and that's what makes the difference.
0: Oh, absolutely. The other day in my class here at this military training course, I'm surrounded by all other military service members, in all the different um, services. And in our class the other day, we were talking about mission statements, and our teacher goes does anybody have a personal mission statement that you kind of wake up every day? And, you know, he, he was joking about You know, you put your fuzzy slippers on and then you just, you say this to yourself. And then it's like, okay, your motivation for the day. And then I, I kind of raised my, I raised my hand. I just felt like God compelling me in this moment to share this. And I raised my hand and I shared, well, it's not exactly like that. It doesn't look like that, but my mission basically is every single day in the morning, first thing, like I just give my day to God and I want my life to always be for him. Like everything I do is for him and for his glory. And so my faith is at the center of everything, my family life, who I am in work, just every single thing that I do. And so like, that is at the heart of my personal mission. I was like, I actually was, couldn't believe in, a, in that moment that I actually said that out loud in my class with all of my military peers around me, because for, I think many of us in the military feel very stifled in sharing our faith and living it out loud. And just how, how do we not sacrifice our faith while we're serving? How do we not sacrifice our family while we're serving? And so I felt like God really convicted my heart in that moment to just be willing to say it, to have the courage to say it and to not be worried about, okay, maybe I might be judged for this. Maybe I might be persecuted for this. Maybe I might be misunderstood for this, but it is the core of who I am. And I'm not going to apologize for loving the Lord. Like I'm not ashamed of Jesus and he doesn't want us to be ashamed of him, you know? And and yeah, there's times that are more appropriate than others to share the gospel, but I always want my life to just be a witness to my love for him and everything that I do. And so if anybody sees like who I am, I want them to know that whatever light is in me comes from him, you know, mm-hmm. and whatever I do is like you said, only possible through him. And so I just had to share that because I, I felt like it reminded me of that moment. And I think that has, that is the fruit of a lot of growth. And I would not have been able to do that two years ago or to have the courage to, to say that out loud, you know? So
2: that's beautiful. I've written a lit with God life vision, um, where mm-hmm. I've, i each of the eight key areas of life that I, that I work with, um, with my clients and, and I've written like prayerfully really leaned into what do I feel God calling me to be and do in this area over the next five years. And then I recorded that on my voice memo on my phone. And I listened to that every morning. And it's just this like me and God time. And it just refreshes my heart in, in what that is that he's put on my heart. It refreshes my mind about praying about those things and being aware of where I see him working and what my part is, what things I can be doing to be a part of that happening. And yeah, that's just been such a beautiful way to start my day. I just use the time I'm staying in front of a mirror anyway, to listen, um, while I'm getting ready in the morning. And it's just a great way to just really ground your heart and where God is calling you and, and what, yeah, what your specific mission is. So,
0: so beautiful. Oh man, this has been such a, such a wonderful conversation. So as we finish up here, I would love for you to share just where everybody can find you. And then I also want you to share a little bit more about what you and your husband are doing. So if you could share both of those for anybody who wants to kind of follow along.
2: Yeah. So the best place to find me is my podcast, which is called redeem her time. Um, and we do, we, 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 it's based on Ephesians five about redeeming the time and specifically how do we do that as women and how do we do it, uh, in the season of life we're in with faith as a foundation and in light of eternity. Um, so yeah, I would love come on over. We talk about a lot of tactical things about how to's right with our calendars and with our to-do lists and with our routines. And then my husband and I have a great opportunity. He has partnered with an organization called Fight or Die and or is spelled O-A-R because um, one of the big things they do is they do this rowing challenge. I'll tell you just real quick what the organization's about and I'll tell you how the rowing um, goes in, but it's a, it's a nonprofit, all made up of veterans who are supporting veteran mental health and suicide prevention because way too many of them have lost friends and loved ones and kids of friends and things like that to death by suicide. And, you know, it's just really hard, you know, when you're walking with those unseen injuries and people just feel like they can't fight that any longer. And so, you know, we see that that the rates keep increasing, especially really keep supporting those who have been protectors at us, And how can we protect them in this, you know, next season of their life and things like that. So the organization provides mental health first aid courses for free So those are great. If anyone's interested in taking one, I'll give you the website at the end. You can go and sign up for the next one. It's especially if you're in the military or you know people or you're a spouse of someone just to have those tools that I didn't have back in the day. They give scholarships to people who are going into mental health type fields for for veterans. And then they do this big rowing race to really raise funds and awareness and kind of stop people's scroll. So here's what they're doing. They're getting in a boat on December 12th Uh, In the Canary Islands, which is kind of like between Spain and Africa, and they're going to row 3000 miles across the Atlantic Ocean to Antigua with no support, no resupply, no, like, let me take a break. (laughs) Let me take, you know, like, you know, kind of rest for a little bit. Um, and they're doing it because it's a way to raise awareness, but it's also an example to veterans and to others. Like you can be part of a mission. You can have a big purpose. All the guys who are going to be in the 2023 boat, they all have their own mental health challenges, right? So they're doing this for themselves, but they're also doing it for the people they've served alongside for the next generation, like our boys, you know, who are coming alongside. And so I, I'm not getting in the boat, but I too get to kind of be household six on the back end and helping them you know, with, uh, with doing this. So if you're interested in learning more, the website is F O D 23.org. So it's F O D 23.org. Scroll down to the bottom and watch the video. Do people really row the ocean? <laughs> Cause I think you're like, what, like in a rowboat across the ocean, like what in the world is this about? So go watch that. And if you feel led, you know, we're looking for financial support. We're looking for people to follow on social, to share it out, um, for sure you can sign up for mental health first aid courses, or if if you or someone you know are going into a field that you want to take advantage of the scholarships, it's just a way that we can kind of come together as a military community and really help take our struggles and turn that into hope for other people who are, are coming along behind us.
0: Thank you so much for sharing all of that. Yeah, so we'll put the link in, in the show notes so everybody can go um, go ahead and check it out and learn more about it. So thank you so much for your time today, Lissa. It's been such a joy chatting with you about these things. And yeah, I recommend going in and listening to her podcast. She's got so many good tips there and continued conversations on these topics. So thanks again for your time today.
2: Thanks, Megan.